If a thousand people went missing, Corey, how long do you think it would take before someone noticed? Ooh, okay, like a thousand people from like one spot? A group of a thousand people. Like we all went to a concert and then we Kind of. These people were coming from many places, but they were, were all going to the same place. How long would it take people to notice an ad hoc group of a thousand people Mm. only thing in common is where they're going disappeared i mean i would think it'd be pretty immediate well (laughs) in the case of the shakahola massacre it was too long (laughs) oh dear okay go on after receiving a tip that doomsday televangelist paul mckenzie was preaching to followers that they must starve themselves to meet jesus Law enforcement entered the Shakahola Forest in Malindi, Kenya, and found that these reports were indeed true. Oh, no. Oh, it's a start with doomsday evangelists. Right? Things mm-hmm. are going to get messy real Every quick. time. Every time. So uh, while some survivors were found and rescued, for many of Mackenzie's followers, unfortunately, it was already too late. Oh, geez. Um, okay. I watched uh, as many videos as I could find about this, um, which was not as many as I wished that there were. And oh, okay. another thing that was like um, kind of frustrating as I was trying to research this is like a lot of these uh, videos don't have English translations of the some of the um, interviews oh. and things with people who are involved. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, um, all right. This is our, yeah, this is already interesting because from where you've started with this, this feels like a thing that we like. We should know about this, right? Yeah. How are there not a million documentaries and true crime podcasts and things like that already delving into this? Mm -hmm. So, the idea that there's like a dearth of information on this. Fascinating. I was able to find, uh, so a lot of like the reporting itself that I was able to find was in English, but some Mm -hmm. of those like firsthand accounts and like primary sources were some of the things that were a little bit trickier to find. I did find um, a few different interviews um, with one man named Francis Wanjay. Um, who was telling uh, reporters about how his daughter and her husband and their three children had joined a church um, leader, Paul McKenzie. Uh, Paul McKenzie is a white guy? He is not. Oh, okay. He just has a white ass name. Yes, he does. Okay. (laughs) Yes. I mean, when it comes to like, you know, obviously we both went to Christian universities Mm -hmm. and things like that. So it's like my first inclination is thinking like, you know, I had an RD when I was a residence director when I was um, in college who has lived and been a missionary in Tanzania for Mm -hmm. basically the last like 10, 15 years or so. Mm -hmm. Um, And he and his wife uh, have have lived over there. They have like five kids, including one African kid that they adopted. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. like they're like deeply anti-vaxxers and uh-huh. things like that. Wow, so like whenever it comes familiar. to, I'm like, <laughs> like some sort of horrible thing happened yeah. with like a a church in Africa. I'm like, oh, what fucking white person came over there and told them that like they shouldn't take vaccines and right. shit like that? You know? Right, right. Well, white people aren't entirely 
innocent in this (laughs) story (laughs) (laughs) while not directly involved in what i'm talking about right now definitely had an influence okay um yes so francis wanjay um his his daughter and her family disappeared off to this church um and he he said that he kind of questioned like why they would do this they left Mm -hmm. really good jobs um and uh eventually he decided to go check up on them and um when he got there he they they found um the parents praying over their oldest child who was being starved to death um apparently the the wife and husband um and i think another member of the cult uh disappeared into the woods uh the forest they didn't they didn't find them um sadly the first the the um two youngest children had already died when wow. they found them um Jesus Christ. Yeah. So um on on March fifteenth is when the youngest uh died. They they had planned for the youngest to die on the fifteenth, the middle to die on the sixteenth, and the older to die on the seventeenth. What? When these Yeah They did what? So because people don't just starve on days that you decide. No. They then had to resort to suffocating them. (gasps) Um, When they got there, the grave for the oldest child, Ephraim, had already been dug. um, And they they were praying over him. Um, This is a direct quote from the grandfather. He went through hell. He went through hell. When he was rescued, he told them that if you had come maybe a bit later, he would have already gone to see Jesus because his grave was already there. This child was eight years old. Wow. So they they did get that because they got there while they were in the process of Mm -hmm. praying over him or whatever. They were able to save this. They were able to save the oldest, the oldest kid. And as far as I can tell, he um, after he received treatment was released to Francis, the grandfather. Um, I hope so. Right. Um, and uh, he also said of his own daughter that he wonders what what could have possibly changed her into a wild animal so yeah. as to kill her own children. Like, that, I those mean, are the, the wild animals, yeah, the words the he said. Like, and, and I don't want to, like, jump ahead of you on this, but that is what I, like, what is mm-hmm. the belief system here? What was this person preaching? Yeah. That- so, Yeah. Let me tell you a little bit more about Paul McKenzie. Um, So he was a taxi driver who quit his job in 2003 and began preaching. Um, He was a co-founder of the Good News International Ministries, um, and he quickly amassed a following there. Mm -hmm. Um, From different videos that I watched um, from people that were involved in that church, initially it was... A lot more, um, I guess, mainstream evangelical, right? Yeah. Um, and then, and then after some time, he started introducing more radical teachings. 
Mm -hmm. um, which caused his co-founder to kind of splinter off and leave because she was not okay with a lot of the things that he was teaching. Unfortunately, her adult children stayed with him Uh, um, and continued the, you know, perpetuating his radical ideas. mm -hmm. Um, He had a YouTube channel. He had a blog. I was actually on his blog. Yeah, um, I mean, he he in the past re- like recent years, he had not been um, really updating those things as much. But it was so eerie, like reading the posts on his blog and seeing how similar so many of the things he was saying are to how I was raised. <laughs> Right. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's just like a constant reminder that I was really only a few steps away from like death cults. Like, <laughs> but just, just for like a moment, just to like harp on that. Like, what are some of the things in there that like kind of brought you back? Yeah, um, he had an ways. entry on modesty for women. Mm. Um, and, and a lot of the entries, he would have just like a small theme at the top, like a few sentences of a, a topic. And then he would ha- list like 15, 20 Bible verses that right. had to do with it. Um, there was and this really got me. <laughs> there, mm. there was one post that was a little bit different. It read more like a tract I don't know uh-huh. um, if for any listeners who may not have like a Christian background, basically gospel tracts are religious literature, usually pamphlets um, yeah. that are given out that just share how to become a Christian. They're right. a gospel story. Um, so it read like that. And I was like, oh, interesting. OK, so finally, like some actual material that's not just Bible verses. But then at the end of the post, it said adopted from chick dot com. Uh, I was going to admit I was like, yeah, like a chick track. Yes. You know, like, yeah, there you go. <laughs> and, <laughs> Which, you know, sometimes, oh, again, God. like even listeners who might not. Uh, have grown up in in Christian settings and stuff like that. Often you would find these things in like just like a restaurant or something sure. like that. So yeah. would leave a stack of mm-hmm. them and they're like usually like a comic of some kind mm-hmm. in which someone doing some like very innocuous thing, having premarital sex or whatever, smoking marijuana, mm-hmm. things like that, um, meets like some violent end mm-hmm. or hell, the devil, something like that, you know, and it's supposed to be a cautionary tale to you about needing to turn from your sin. And yeah. like you said, then kind of gives you that like a little information on like then how to, be- how to right. follow Jesus right. and become a Christian. It, it's just like, it just, it's so like uncanny valley for me because like I, I discovered a stack of chick tracks in a drawer in the basement downstairs when I was like 12 and you know, and I sat and read them all partially (laughs) also because I, they're very scary and I liked scary shit and I wasn't (laughs) allowed to, to in like, consume scary media but i think that's also kind of the allure of like the left behind kids series for me legit going to just say that because i remember like my mom who was never religious she read all the left behind books and she was like it's good horror sci-fi like you know there's there's some terrifying stuff that happens real in these books yeah yeah so i think that was part of what like caught my eye about them because i i knew that they were 
even then I knew they were extreme and they were silly, but the, the illustrations are really creepy. Yeah. And like, there's some, like they, they have good story arcs, even though like the message that they're sharing is wrong. They're compelling. (laughs) And and, I mean, they're designed to be that, you know, because they are trying to entrap people into that ideology. Anyway, um, I just, yeah, that was, that was very weird for me. Right. Yeah. (laughs) To get like like, drawn back into that. Like, doomsday cult leader guy is mm-hmm. sharing the same kinds of things that were in a drawer in my basement right Neat. yes so that was fun um <laughs> yeah so so back to kind of his his teachings um yeah. he would he basically uh denounced modern living and also like just kind of western living um mm. which i i uh, uh, like just saying that i can be like okay like that's probably like, sure. like yeah we've got our issues absolutely but yeah. if, like when it co- comes down to how he's implementing these beliefs he would say that education was demonic schools mm. are teaching gayism and lesbianism right. um he he was against uh, med- like medication and and like going to the hospital um, mm. He would encourage women not to go to the hospital when they were giving birth. Mm-hmm. Um, and and they, I, I read some accounts of like different members like saying, oh, the baby was OK. This is a, sh- a sign of like a miracle and stuff like they they kind of like milked these situations to yeah. just further like suppress their members. And yeah, right. Um, I mean, that's exactly what all that is. Right. Like you see it in in various groups i mean obviously like the idea that like evangelicals and fundamentalists fundamentalists have their own universities Mm -hmm. comes from you know like it suppresses a lot of the rebellion against those things like jehovah's witnesses Mm -hmm. don't encourage education at all Mm -hmm. (laughs) like you basically only do as much as the government makes you do right because like all of this kind of stuff like hospitals and medicine and education and all mm-hmm. of those kinds of stuff are a way out potentially mm-hmm. uh, and you want people to not have those options right they're much easier to brainwash to program mm-hmm. and manipulate yeah. yeah so and he he was also against just the government in general and working like jo- having jobs he mm-hmm. he he taught that all these things were like satanic right, right? like they were of the devil <laughs> Yeah. And it's really hard to like push back against when you're someone who's in it, even if you start to think like maybe this isn't true. Like, mm-hmm. but like if you're wrong, there's huge repercussions for that. Yeah. So in he he also had before this happened, so he turned himself over in April of this year. Um when Oh, oh this is recent. This is happening right now. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so Got it. Right. He he turned himself over in April of this year when police finally um responded to the tips that they'd been receiving uh mm. that there was something going on. Um he'd had previous charges before this. Of course. Um it this is like one of the areas that's a little hazy for me because some of the different reports and like not being in English and everything. I'm not exactly right, sure yeah. what the details of all of the charges were, but I know the most recent one had to do with children and so, like one article I said had I or I I saw had to do with 
like actual physical harm. And then another article I saw had to do with denying them education. So I'm not really mm. sure. Um, right. Like to what extent. Right. And in what manner. Right. And he, he'd also been detained before for anti-government like inflammatory remarks sure. and things like that. But he'd always been released and there'd never really been any further um, repercussions or investigations And that stuff at just, all. like, galvanizes, like, a group, right? Like, oh, I'm being suppressed. Mm-hmm. They're arresting me for, you know, speaking the truth or whatever. Right. You know, so that only causes people to, like, double down. Right. Right. Ugh. So in 2019, he supposedly closed down, uh, good news, Inter- International Mis- Ministries, the mouthful, um, <laughs> <laughs> and re- relocated to the Shakahola Forest. So he would sell his members like plots of land and mm. they there were eight uh, different uh, settlements and they all had biblical names like Galilee and Bethlehem. So it's already like very yeah. like, creepy and yeah, right. You know, it sounds like something out of like a cult TV show. Right, exactly. Um, and uh, so, yeah. And according to an elder of a nearby village, um, the people that lived in in his compound, they would go to the village for food and water and things like that. But in December, they stopped going. Um, oh, okay. And that's when the fasting began. Um, and apparently, oh. police at that time were notified that something strange was going on, but they just didn't do anything about it. Oh, um, weird. Yeah. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> sort of character, right? So reports say that earlier this year, Mackenzie started telling his followers that the world was ending like imminently. Like he'd been preaching these kinds of like um, ideas for a while. But mm-hmm. I, this is when he um, allegedly put like a hard due date on that. Right, yeah, um, and then once again, the details are a little fuzzy to me. But as far as I can tell, um, something occurred that... Uh, made him move the date up from August mm. to mid-April. Oh, jeez. Um, right, so they really just, like, s- started streamlining this fasting process right. and everything. Um, and uh, he, so, he, yeah, he, he was very persuasive and telling them that um, denying themselves and even their own lives was the only way that they would meet Jesus, that they would be accepted into this, you know, kingdom and everything. Um, a lot of his followers believed that COVID was a sign that the world really was ending. Of course, um, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh. So uh, he told people that they needed to die and they were first to neglect the children to starve. And unsurprisingly, his own children were not included in this part. Of course um, not. Yeah, right, right. right. I assume he was exempt from he was this as process. Well, well, he has to share the good news. Right. So yeah. <laughs> he needs his energy. Yeah. So uh. when police finally investigated in, in March or April, I believe April is when they got involved. Uh, they started discovering groups of people that were dying of starvation as well as dozens of mass graves oh my god in some buildings they found religious literature from william m branham who honestly deserves his own discussion 
Um, okay. He was a preacher who was heavily influential in the evangelicals, specifically Pentecostal circles right after World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, he was like a big proponent of the faith healing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and guess who else uh, Branham was really influential for? Billy Graham. No, but you're kind of like <laughs> in the right, like uh, you're kind of in the right tracks. Jim Jones? Yes. <laughs> There we go. Yes, okay. <laughs> as well as like many, many of his followers have been in the news for criminal activity, like for different Christ things of, across the years. Yeah. Um, there was like I, I believe like a German a German guy who was convicted of like pedophilia and things Good like that. Grief. And there there was another um, guy under Branham that was really like influential as well. And it just it like. Everything is connected, yeah, and, the and it all branches all out. Spiral yes. out. Like Keo talks about this all the time because he grew up like very evangelical Pentecostal, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Assemblies of God, and in Hawaii. So like he moved from Bakersfield to Hawaii, like two places that are just like ripe mm. for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And he's always talking about how like just like these grifters would come through, and there were often like these people were like criminals, and they had all kinds of things, like whether it was like sexual assault type yes. situations uh-huh. or uh, robbery mm-hmm. or like all kinds of things like that. So many of these people who all learned from that same model that was like so big in that that like big tent revival era. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, yep. Are like yeah, just horrendous criminals. Mm-hmm. Yep, grifters, a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's really interesting to me, just as a side note, too, because there was another another case with even higher uh, death count than the one like the Jim Jim. Jo- well, it may have been close to Jim Jones, but higher death count than than the others that I mentioned um, was in Uganda in 2000. And I'd never heard of it. And it were, where almost 800 people were burned alive, basically. Um, and it's just so interesting to me that, of course, we know about the white ones. Right. Yeah, exactly. But it's the ones yeah. in Africa where it's like, oh, yeah, nobody nobody knows about that. Yeah. And it's even like it's interesting because like it's about the white leader more than anything else. Because like if you think yeah. about Jonestown, like so many of those people were black mm-hmm. and like that was kind of how he got them was like, you know, it started kind of like you said with this one. Right. Like it was a basic evangelical mm-hmm. church or whatever um mm-hmm. very that normal spiraled ba- normal. and that's what like yeah <laughs> yes normal as that can be right um and that was like what jim jones did was basically like he had a social justice church like he was like for civil rights mm-hmm. and all of that kind of stuff and and communism these, and yeah. yeah like let's bring all these black people into this church and then he just murdered them but mm-hmm. like honestly i feel like people don't know that element of it because that's mm-hmm. not the part of the story that's interesting it's the charismatic white guy right you know that yeah yeah so the fact that this like african church is led by a black man i think we tend to kind of look at those stories as we're we're bad at looking in the mirror mm-hmm. i think is the is the way i'd put it and we talked about this in our very first episode, actually, the Mark meets the Takalosh one, <laughs> um, where it was like, you know, it's easy to go like, oh, Africans are superstitious, right? And, and they are like, you know, but that's like often a melding of like Christianity brought to them with their mm-hmm. own folk traditions. Mm-hmm. And that turns into like various things like what happens here. But we don't look at ourselves right. and go like, also, we are very We're- superstitious. Yeah. <laughs> 
because we're like, yeah, evangelicalism's normal. Like all mm-hmm. of that stuff is like that's what normal people do. Right. It's not like, exotic. It's not, you yeah. know, like <laughs> Right. Yeah. And so it's just a blind yeah. eye turned to it every time. Right. A mass yeah. of eight hundred people being burned alive is like, oh Africa. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. like we just have like no sense of like relating to people on that continent right. as n- not being more superstitious or more prone to this stuff than we are. Yeah, there's a line in the movie Sahara of all movies. I don't know. Have you seen Sahara? I like when I was in high school. Okay, I haven't seen, it, but I know you love that. Movie, I love so. that movie. That movie for me was like what the Mummy was for so many people because I didn't get to see it. anyway. Side side note. Sure, sure. Uh, there's a there's a line in that movie that where the the main bad guy says to someone who's concerned that they're gonna draw negative attention, it's Africa. Nobody cares about Africa. And that's always stuck with me because like yeah. I I don't want that to be true of myself. <laughs> right. <laughs> you yeah. know, and so I have always like that I, that line always stands out to me, and that's what I was thinking when I was researching this. Mm-hmm. Like because I, I, I found out about this last week because I was FaceTiming my sibling and I was like, yeah, I'm going to be talking about something on this podcast and, you know, I'm trying to decide what to talk about. And they brought up this case and I was like, what the fuck? This is happening <laughs> wow. right now? Right now. Like, this yeah. isn't like, oh, back in the 90s right. or something right. like that. There is this group of people who, you know, so you said like they're this is about like a thousand people in this cult yeah so um so far 95 about 95 people have been rescued Mm -hmm. um 65 of them were charged with a attempted suicide after being rescued because they went on a hunger strike because they still believe that this is happening um, yeah, it's like when you say rescued, that's right. by like our outside perspective of it. Certainly not from theirs. Right. They They're feel like, like they've been shit, kidnapped shit, shit, away shit, shit. from yeah. their like, entry from to the glory. kingdom. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, so and, and I, I read uh, somewhere that some of the rescuers involved believe that it's it's going to take months to deprogram some of them. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so that's really tragic. <laughs> yeah. Um they so far as of I've been like refreshing the articles every day since I found out about this um and the mm-hmm. numbers have kept climbing. Um the last report I saw 391 people have been reported dead. Wow. Um and 613 people are still missing. Wow, wow. They're missing. They just they're missing. Right. That's which, that's what's like where do they go? You know, yeah, like obviously they're they they're probably in more mass graves. Right. And yeah, their exactly. families were wondering what had happened to them, but mm-hmm. nobody in, in any position of power right did anything. Yeah, uh, until any now. Alarms for this, because that's yeah. what you know when you were saying like, okay, like all of these people disappearing or whatever. Like my thought process is like there must have been like lots of people who reported their family members missing individually in the same area yeah. and all. Yeah, individually, and it's just like straight up negligence mm-hmm. to that. Like no one was like. This is weird. Right. We've got yeah. like hundreds of people, you know, and that people keep reporting missing. 
And their government has uh, like been heavily criticized for allowing this to happen. What um, country was this again? Kenya. Kenya. Yeah, it's and it's a very religious nation. Mm-hmm. So I I I assume that is part of the lack of accountability. Right. Um, the the cabinet secretary did like make a state. I mean, he's been making statements about this. Um, the and he so he did say, and this is a direct quote: "The unfolding Shakahola forest massacre is the clearest abuse of the constitutionally enshrined human right." to freedom of worship and he went on to say this horrendous blight on our conscious conscience must lead not only to the most severe punishment of the perpetrator of of the atrocity on so many innocent souls but tighter regulation of every church mosque temple or synagogue going forward wow yeah um so they're they're kind of scrambling to figure out this pr disaster (laughs) i mean though like imagine though saying that here right like in the wake of jonestown they were like and now we need to look closer Mm -hmm. at all the other churches it would be like it would be yeah it would be (laughs) you couldn't say a thing like that that's true uh, and so there is something to the fact that it's like no this is like we need to re-examine this entire system Mm -hmm. If you know what does freedom of worship mean right. when you can have something happen where someone convinces a whole peop- a bunch of people to not only you know adults can choose their path mm-hmm. right you know like it is what it is and it's tragic um, and obviously it's you know indoctrination and all that kind of stuff but the idea of inflicting that upon children right who and it was mostly no mostly kids as far as they can tell right now right. um this uh examination of the bodies they have found has determined that while starvation was the cause of like many of the deaths um they also found evidence of strangulation uh asphy- asphyxiation and blunt force trauma um mm. this is allegedly how they kept people from running away uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there were people who tried to escape, and yeah, and some course. people actually were able to. Um, mm-hmm. There there were a few different interviews with with people um, whose identity was uh, not revealed to protect their mm-hmm. safety. Um, but yeah, so it. <laughs> um, also, some of the bodies were found with missing organs. Initially, what? they were wondering if trafficking was involved, but it it hasn't been enough of them so they they yeah. ruled that out but that is also kind of a weird thing like how come yeah, some of them have missing organs yeah um <laughs> so yeah. as far as i've been able to find 36 people have been arrested so far um, was uh mckenzie one of the ones arrested or yes. has he like fled off and no somewhere? he he like turned himself in and i know that he had like requested like to be released or on bail or something, but they denied that. Um, yeah. And all of the people who have tried to talk to him while he's been in custody, all, he'll just say, I don't know what's going on out there. I'm not there. You go talk to those people. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know if they're starving themselves. I'm not there. Um, he's just pulling a Manson. Basically. Yeah, it's. I can't it's, be in control of what other people decide to do with themselves. Watching his videos are is so creepy. Like, I. He's he I mean he seems like an actor out of a movie. Right. Um yeah, and so and and one of the people who was arrested died in custody because they staged a hunger strike there as well. 
Um, so it's, it is ongoing. They still haven't found everyone. Um, the, the initial, like the forest where they have initially been searching is 800 acres. Um, but I read that there's also another plot of land that they think has ties that they're going to start looking into. That's like 37,000 acres. Um, Oh my God. (laughs) Yeah. So... Um, as of right now, uh, you know, that's really all I know. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I truly could not believe that. Like, I, I mean, I, I found mostly like TikToks about it. And at first I was like, am I even going to be able to talk about this? Because I don't want (laughs) to only go off of TikToks, although they were like a great starting point. Yeah. Um, but like most of the articles I read and most of the videos I watched on YouTube were from Kenyan reporters. Right. I only was able to find a few like big American ones. Um, not to say that it wasn't reported on. I just wasn't easily able to find it. Right. Yeah. So like, certainly not front page of anything, right. which is, yeah. I mean, that's, that's fascinating to think about something so huge like that currently unfolding that and I kind of wonder um if this is part of what we've lost with Twitter Mm, Um, yeah if Twitter was like it was the past you know decade and not like it is now if Mm -hmm. this absolutely would have been trending Right. And um, we would have known about this, right? Like at Back least when we the used to get news people. from Twitter. <laughs> yeah, right. Like it, w- it would be like something like that that maybe isn't playing on CNN or something like that. But there's like a few articles about it become like a trending thing and you get mm-hmm. more news stories right. um, based on that. And I do kind of wonder like if part of the reason we don't know about that is because like we just simply don't have that kind of thing yeah that we don't have up. those avenues anymore of information yeah. spreading just among like regular folks right so, yeah it's like tiktok kind of does that but like you know as i've talked about obviously like you know, it's very hard to parse mm-hmm. what is real and what isn't right. on and TikTok. i i'm not even on tiktok like i yeah. i had to cut it out of my life because of how time consuming <laughs> it was so the only yeah. reason i knew about this was because i specifically yeah was talking about needing a topic with someone yeah. who just happened to see, have seen some TikToks. Right, yeah. And was like, oh, this is really interesting. Um, and then, you know, a thousand rabbit trails later, here we are. <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Uh, it's just, you know, I guess a part of me, like, with the sort of flood of the ex-evangelical movement and how many of us have moved out of that and things like that, I'm always still surprised at the hold Mm -hmm. that this stuff still has over people. You know, I feel so distant from, you know, all of this um, that I'm I'm always shocked, like really a lot of just basic things about people Mm -hmm. I know who are still very invested in in the church. But that like these kinds of things can still happen. Right. Um, And, you know, like you said, even if uh you know, Americans aren't directly responsible for it. Like we kind of are. Right. Right. This wasn't this wasn't there before yeah. we, we got there. Yeah. And well, William people. Branham's materials are still widely available. They're still yeah. being public published, even though he's been dead for years. You know, like the reach that the, these religious leaders have is significant and concerning. 
<laughs> oh, Concerning. and uh, something else I yes. wanted to add about this dude that just like <laughs> just isn't like another nail in the coffin for me. He was um his mentor was what was it? Uh hold on, I have to look at my notes so I get the name. This right. is this is Mackenzie? Um no, this is Branham. Branham. Okay, Branham. Uh where did it go? Oh, okay. Roy Davis, the mm-hmm. KKK Grand Wizard. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Um so yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Listen, like next time, dear listener, <laughs> someone approaches you with what seems like a reasonable pitch for religion or whatever, you know, just think that all the people that they're parroting the, you know, the methods of were inspired by the KKK. Let me quote directly from my notes, if I may. Yes, please do. Fucking look at these nerds. Oh, mise-en-scene. I don't think anyone has ever said mise-en-scene in such a horny way before. The way I whispered the word sex cannibal recently. Worst comes to worst, Mark. I'm willing to guillotine you for science. Thank you. That's really, really sweet. It's cold so, outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm fucking, <laughs> I'm gonna leg it. You know how I feel about that, Mark. I think you feel great about it. It's Jack of all graves. We're back, Woo-hoo. dear friends. It's me, Corrigan, and my pal, Anna. Filling in for Marco, who is getting his head straight. Uh, And from what I hear, that process is coming along swimmingly, friends. So he'll be back in action before we know it. Hells yeah. Beautiful thing. How you doing, Anna? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Everything Um, coming up, Millhouse? Millhouse? from the simpsons everything's oh okay (laughs) i i only saw my first episode of the simpsons like less than a year ago so (laughs) (laughs) well then hashtag christian kid things (laughs) yeah there's gonna be a little bit of a, a gap in your in your knowledge there that must be wild because like the simpsons i think did i i can't remember if i mentioned this to you last week but uh, when I like started university, I had like a roommate who had been like extremely sheltered. Mm-hmm. And when she came, she to like Vanguard, which is a you know Christian conservative college. Yeah. Like she went ham. Like this was the most freedom she had ever had in her life. Mm-hmm. And she would turn the air conditioning all the way up, wear sweats, and watch The Simpsons all day long. And she wouldn't go to class or anything like that. Oh. We'd just come into the, the room and she would just be sitting there on the floor, like yeah. eating a bowl of cereal and just laughing her ass off at yeah. the Simpsons. I mean, uh, basically get <laughs> like getting the childhood you didn't get to have, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Like, needless to say, she did not make it very long. She yeah. was like half a semester and she was gone. She was set uh, up for failure. <laughs> yeah. She disappeared onto the Camp Pendleton base with some Marine she met at a club called The Boogie. And uh, we never saw her again. <laughs> wow! <laughs> yeah, it's quite a quite a wild time. She seems to have things together now. We eventually okay. reconnected on okay. Facebook. Cool, but, cool, cool. Um, that's to say, like, like The Simpsons is like a worldwide phenomenon, right? Uh-huh. Like, and it's like the portrait of America. Like when I was studying abroad in South Africa, there was Simpsons stuff everywhere, and yeah. like people reference it all the time. Mm-hmm. So like. That must be kind of like wild to just be like it's just like a huge gap that everyone it else is. talks It really about. is. I have been trying to like catch up here and there and I do yeah. find it really delightful. Um mm-hmm. I re- my my <laughs> my parents were youth 
my dad was a youth pastor uh, and whenever that came out long before I was born I know it wasn't that long before I was born but um <laughs> I was like yeah please don't phrase no, it no no it wasn't I'm, I'm being silly um they they were gonna have a youth activity when it premiered because they were like oh new cartoon that'll be a fun uh, thing to do sure, together yeah. and I and he would tell the story of how they had it on for like 10 minutes or something and then they turned it off because they, they said it was too <laughs> crass and so that was always the yeah. the reason I was given for why we were not allowed to watch the Simpsons was that it was too Amazing. crass I mean it is crass let's right. be real but you know I don't, my uh, my parents don't care now. They're not like that anymore. Of course, um, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that was like <laughs> such a, a bananas time for like the the Christian parent. Like, yeah. So it was like so many of them like came out of like Jesus movement and stuff like that that were like hippies and everything, <laughs> and they were like, oh gosh, close it down. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like you can't watch Simpsons. You can't watch Rugrats. You can't uh-huh. watch like it yes, was just yep. everything was mm-hmm. off limits. Um, but yeah, that's a that's just very entertaining to me because. I think like it's one of those things that is referenced so often in yeah. pop culture. It must be like when you do watch them, you must be like, oh, that's why people say that. Yeah. Or I'll, I'll be like, oh, OK, I've seen that like meme. <laughs> yeah. Or, right. or like I've heard that audio on TikTok or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Like I think the give me the bat. Like that was really popular. For a while. <laughs> OK. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. So. So it it's been weird to kind of discover it kind of backwards in that way. Yeah. Like I knew the I knew all of the like riffs on Simpsons before I actually. But but yeah. I, as evidenced, I don't know all the riffs on right. Simpsons. Right. Yes, obviously. I mean, it's, you know, 30 years of yeah. 34 years of content or whatever to to go through to know everything from that show. Um yeah, that's fascinating. But, but yeah, anyways. anyway, how are you? Doing well. Um hot. As we've discussed, yeah. it is uh, supernaturally hot. Uh, but I keep thinking of like that, you know, this is the the coldest summer of the rest of, the of rest your of life your or life. whatever, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's I'm like, this is just this is just what it's going to be like. Yeah, isn't it? we're all the like, dog, the dog surrounded by flames being like, this is exactly. fine. This is fine. Yeah, I don't believe here's the thing that in my adult life. I just, like, don't believe adults really like summer. Like, you know, there's always people who yeah. are like, oh, I can't wait till summertime. And I'm like, for fucking what? I know. Why? I know. Steven is one of those people. Um, Why? I know. That's how I feel. Um, like, you don't get a break or anything. You have to work, but it's like yeah. this out. I, like, think, I think for him, it's just the sun being out longer. He enjoys, like, he doesn't like sure, the darkness okay. of winter, yeah. right? which I think it, it is, is legitimate. But... Like they make lights for that, so <laughs> right. we can trick ourselves yeah. with that stuff. I, I'll you know? take some artificial sun for uh, uh, not dying of heat stroke. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's just like so uncomfortable all the time, and I'm like, I would always like spring and fall are the best seasons, and winter yeah. is fine. That's the way I look at it. Okay. Spring and fall are great. Mm-hmm. Winter is fine. Summer is hell, and like yeah. you can tell, like. The thing that I notice is in July, everyone starts thinking about Halloween. Have you noticed that? Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I am among them, but yeah, right. It's like that moment where you're like, like subconsciously, I think it's like it's it's too yearning hot. Like yeah. I'm sick of this. I just want it to be spooky season. Right. Mm-hmm. I want chilliness. I want a hot cocoa mm-hmm. or a cider. 
I want my skeletons. Yeah. All of that stuff. Yeah, yes. Yesterday, after walking out of work, um, one of my coworkers said that it felt like walking into a wool blanket. And and then I was like, right. yeah, like straight out of the dryer wool blanket. Yes, <laughs> like, exactly. It's like, like, hot. Um, our local pub was having like an anniversary party or whatever, and we walked down to it. And the second that we walked out the door, Keo just went, are we going to swim there? <laughs> yeah. Like, oh. just, the air is just yeah. so thick. I hate and it. Hot. And I'm afflicted with um, not being able to sweat properly. Oh. So. I don't have that problem. Yeah. Which, yeah. It's. So it it's sounds just like your body's nice. just like trapping heat. Mm hmm. Yeah. So I oh. overheat very, very easily. Mm. Um, yeah. I. I do wonder if the cli- climate crisis will claim me at some point. <laughs> Uh, right. This is like my doomsday, gate, like, like <laughs> catastrophizing anxi- <laughs> anxiety thoughts with Anna. <laughs> <laughs> that is what this show is, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> anxiety thought. My skin will simply suffocate me in yep. the case of climate apocalypse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Super fun to think about. Yeah. Just add that to everybody's list of fears. <laughs> oh, gosh. So, yeah, it's it's super hot. And um, I am leaving for Europe tomorrow yeah which you know i feel like i don't know just like a combination of factors i have like thought nothing about this oh trip. yeah you know like uh i think like three or four days ago mm-hmm. i started watching some youtube videos about portugal okay um and was like you know maybe i should like look at some places that like would be cool to go or whatever mm-hmm. um and it's like, you know, so for those that don't know this, like my husband travels for work. So, you know, he just brings me along on these adventures. We're not like independently wealthy or anything like that. I just go along when he's working <laughs> because free hotel, yeah. his airfare is free, all that That's kind of so stuff. awesome. And because he travels so much, he has enough points for my airfare to also be free. So, you know, we're we're headed over there and like, I just haven't even like had a moment to really like, it's been like really busy lately. Mm-hmm. Um at Wisecrack, our host, um, who does a lot of the copy editing and writing and stuff like that, is uh, he's just had a baby, or Aww. his partner did anyway. Right. Uh, <laughs> and uh, so, like, you know, I'm covering some of his responsibilities, and, you know, I've been doing all of this stuff that this past, like, couple weeks, and it's just been, like, super busy. So now I'm like, oh, my God, I'm mm-hmm. going to Europe tomorrow. Yeah. You usually <laughs> plan, like, extensively. Yeah. Exactly. Like I'm like I've got like my notes. I've got like you, you know, like know every itinerary. meal that you're gonna order yes. at every restaurant along the way. <laughs> exactly. That's like <laughs> this is my standard approach to traveling. It is very unusual for me to be like I don't know. Yeah. I guess I'll see when I get there. I was like, just telling Stephen. Well, we were reminiscing the other day about when the that first dead and lovely meetup in Knoxville that we we all went to, and how you had texted me ahead of time to bring a swimsuit because there was a <laughs> like a lake at the hiking site that Stephen was going to take us to that he did not know about. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like me. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, looking out for yourself and others there. Yeah. Well, Activities. and that's like, you know, I went to Canada with my friends like a month ago and everyone else was like super busy or whatever. And mm. like, so I ended up like a week before like planning the entire itinerary. Yes. <laughs> like when we got that's there, it was like... We're, we're ready to go. So yeah, normally that's my thing. And I am like kind of entirely unprepared. I've been practicing my Portuguese with Duolingo for like six months or whatever. Awesome. But that's not like super. That's really helpful cool though. If you don't know like, where you're going. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess. But. 
ask people on the street how to get places, yeah. I guess. Like, tell me somewhere good to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's it. But, you know, we'll be as such next week, um, you know, recording with me in Portugal and the week after that in Spain. That'd be fun. Very exciting. Spain, I have a perfect itinerary. Oh, okay. It's the same place that we stayed in Spain four years ago. Amazing rooftop pool. Ooh. I'm going to sit on that roof every yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going anywhere. There's uh-huh. a gym. I'm going to work out. I'm going to shower. I'm going to go up to that pool and I'm going to drink kava and swim for that a week. That sounds perfect. Right? Uh, read some books. It's mm-hmm. oh, beautiful. Speaking of which. Yes. But how did book club go? <laughs> book club. Did you get a chance to read the book? I didn't. I, I had re- so such very good intentions of keeping up, um, even though I can no longer <laughs> attend. I miss everyone so much. We um, miss you too. But uh, no, I didn't. So I, I would love to hear your like recommendation oh, slash whatever you have to say about it. Bruh. It is. So we... For those of you who are not in the book club, we read uh, Revenge by Yoko Ogawa this time. Originally a Japanese book translated into English, um, which like (laughs) I was like, we were all trying to figure out like, why was this called Revenge, though? And so I looked up the original title and then I used Google Translate and like (laughs) the actual title was so much more metal than that. And I wish I could remember it off the top of my head, but like... (laughs) It was like, yeah. we were like, oh, that's entirely different huh. uh, and like makes a lot more sense with the book. Um, it's only about like 165 pages or something like that. So okay. it's a collection of short stories, but they're all connected to each other. So as they unfold, you kind of see like, oh, this person is this character from uh-huh. this. Okay. Um, and it kind of comes full circle. It's really cool. When I finished this book, I straight up burst into tears. And I was like, I don't know why I'm crying. Oh, I'm not sad. Yeah. I'm not like, it was it just, just moved like, you that much. Yeah. It wow, was like deeply really cool. like just moved uh-huh. by the book to the extent that yeah. I was like, I am crying. I love when I art like is able to pull that like just like out of the depths of your soul. And yeah. you're not even it's just like an overwhelming sense yeah. of like. Like, there's, like, good, like, beauty in, like, people yes, creating right. things that are <laughs> exactly. fun to, like, to con- yeah. Art, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, it really just had that, like, deeply so impacting cool. uh, effect on me. And I highly recommend reading uh-huh. it to anyone listening to this, to you, especially Anna. Um, like, we all were pretty floored by it we talked for like 90 minutes about it and that was like just like overarching themes without even really touching on like each individual story Mm -hmm. in it like it was just it's a lot (laughs) um you know that sounds incredible yeah meditation on death and trauma and memory and the fallibility of memory and all of that kind of stuff and (sighs) revenge yoko agawa check it out i definitely will yeah (laughs) it's wonderful i think um dan our australian pal in the book club said that he wasn't able to find it on audio so that's the one sort of drawback for those who are more uh audio inclined um but you know he was saying it was like it was kind of like cool to get like that muscle back of of reading you know like actually reading something on paper Mm -hmm. and i think this book is really served by that like yeah well it seems like the way it's structured would be really good for like um adhd brains because like a short story is a lot more digestible than sitting down and being like okay i'm gonna read a novel 
you know? <laughs> so. Which, like, often I was saying during this, like, I'm not actually usually great with short stories. I think, like, because they're short, I tend to, I just kind of want them to, like, be over. Oh, I want to okay. know where it's going. Mm-hmm. Um, and these are, like, very short. And because they're connected, it's, like, part of this overarching thing. But, yeah, like, to your point, one of the things about this is, like, you could read a chapter and it would take you, or a story in it, mm-hmm. and it would take you 10, 15 minutes and then put it down and, like, go do other things and then come back mm-hmm. and read another one. And, you know, it takes so little of your attention to do yeah. that. So, yeah, I think it's structured in, like, a really great way for the ADHD brain for awesome. sure. Awesome. Yeah. So, read it. I will. Shohag commands it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Also, oh, I just wanted to add that, you know, in light of Mark being off on his adventures and just kind of like, you know, he's always been sort of open about like this executive dysfunction that like he faces in trying to do things like Marco's video rants and stuff like that, where he's like, I love doing them. I have a good time. It's just really hard to get myself to sit down and do this thing Mm -hmm. that I love, you know, (laughs) stuff like that. Um, and so to sort of make things like easier when he does return and to make sure that we're still churning out a bunch of content, I have changed up the tiers on our Ko-Fi. So the perks are a little bit different um, than they were before, but it should be even more content than you are getting, just arranged differently mm-hmm. <laughs> so that um, it doesn't rely as much on uh, Mark having the get up and go to create a location or or something yeah yeah exactly so you know we have like i've started doing joag radio on our local radio station um which is basically me reading uh like cold opens there'll be other ones that are original but like kind of a repackaging of cold opens with me telling them uh sort of soft-spoken spooky whispering it to you in a sense um that uh you know, is packaged for the radio, 30 minute mm-hmm. bites of I these things. So two stories in each one um, and, you know, just telling stories to listener. You'll get the whole archive of that as they're as they go up on Ko-Fi, only on there. So you okay. can either listen to it live on the radio or you can listen to it uh, on Ko-Fi. Um, we'll have um, uh, Let's Plays. So regular Let's Plays as, you know, part of our lower tier. Um, we'll have you know, a, a story or other mini cast every month for our middle tier. And of course, you're still getting mail if you're <laughs> in the highest tier, because I do enjoy sending all of that. So if you support us, thank you so much. Um, we are so grateful for that. The hosting fee is about to come around again for the year, and I will be very grateful for uh, the fact that I have uh, those donations to, to pay for that. Um, if you don't already it's ko-fi.com slash jack of all graves and uh you know get some fun times from us and help us make our podcast do it do it (laughs) (laughs) what did you watch this week anna um okay so something that i meant to talk about last week um but Mm. forgot um Mm -hmm. i watched the first season of barry um and i'm very excited to continue watching um bill Hader is incredible god he's amazing like oh my god steven root (laughs) again like right and oh my god this is the first time i've seen him that i remember um in a straight role at least like Mm. like at least since I've become aware of who he was right yeah Um, sure so that was like really fun to see him play like a dramatic role 
Um, because I've always seen him, you know, in like the, those kind Dodge of ball goofy, or yeah, or, space. yeah, exactly <laughs> those, yeah. Um, so, God, wow, it's so good, and like it, I, I, I struggle with secondhand embarrassment, like oh, God, very yeah. badly. When I was little, <laughs> I would like leave the room, like yeah. I would go hide in the kitchen when like embarrassing <laughs> scenes and like movies or shows would happen because I just didn't yeah. want to see it. I didn't even want to see it. I just, <laughs> I, I relate to that. Yeah, and so, but this is like while it does have a lot of that just due to like the characters being very like societally weird right like, it's also so charming and funny that it's not like too exhausting to watch a lot yeah. of it's not like curb your enthusiasm level of like ah cringe to it you <laughs> <Yeah>. know there was <laughs> there's there was, enough charm to it yeah there was one episode where i was like okay i think maybe for tonight i'm gonna turn this off but like um, not because I didn't like it. It's just like it was really intense. Um, yeah. But yeah, I highly recommend that. If I mean, I feel like I'm the last person on earth to watch it. <laughs> but well, like I, I watched the first two seasons of it and like loved it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love Anthony Kerrigan, um, NoHo Hank. In oh, it. oh yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I just think he's mm-hmm. amazing. Um, obviously, huge fan of Bill Hader. Um, but like, so I started season three. And there had been like a, a pandemic window in okay. there and I had no idea what was going on when sure. season three started. And I watched like two episodes and I was like, I don't, I have no idea who anybody is or what's happening here. Um, and then like season four aired and it was the last one and everybody was talking about it. I was like, mm-hmm. ah, I'm going to get it spoiled. <sighs> Thankfully, I managed to avoid that, but I now need to, I like literally need to start from season one yeah. <laughs> and go through, which Our... they're not that long of seasons. No, it's, yeah, it's pretty, yeah, it's pretty pretty short are you are you the type of person who can like read a synopsis and then feel like you're good to go or do you really feel like you need to rewatch the whole thing yeah I think like when I'm like completely in the dark I kind uh-huh. of feel like I have to rewatch it like if I'm just kind of like oh I vaguely what was it that happened here like yeah. how did this season end Mm-hmm. then I can like read a synopsis yeah. or something like that or just watch the last episode of the season sure when I'm like I don't like when I tried to watch Bridgerton season two I was like I'm not sure I've ever seen this show before <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. I don't know what anything is that's yeah. happening here then it's like I think I just need to start over mm. I'm definitely a rewatcher as well <laughs> I just feel weird like starting in the middle of things even if I've already seen <laughs> seen the preceding stuff but yeah well, it's on brand <laughs> oh what do you mean <laughs> what uh, the resident completionist yeah yeah anyway um yeah uh so i do want to go back to that one though that's yeah. a good reminder now that you're watching barry and like i should go back to yes that do it once again (laughs) um yeah we watched alligator so for uh dead and lovely scream and chat and ice cream sunday um actually wait i have an important question before you continue that sentence that was asked by friend of the cast richard lambert is scream and chat a play on words um uh (laughs) 
No, I don't think so, but okay. that doesn't mean that people haven't come up with jokes sure, and, and euphemisms. Yeah. So I'll leave, yeah, I think Cream and Fap is like the one yeah. that uh, Canadian boy Ryan came up with. Yeah, but, it has spawned many uh, euphemisms yes. and play on words, but he said that and I was like, oh, I don't know. And there's like I, maybe like Scream and Shout? It's like maybe? Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I think originally it may have been like stream and chat, but then somebody nicknamed it. No, that makes sense. And yeah, I think. (laughs) But also that actually makes perfect sense. Well, because Ben sometimes calls it stream and chat, so I'm actually not sure like which came first yeah. it's one no, of those but that like, would make sense because yeah. like it's clearly it like if it's called screaming chat it's got to be playing off something but we were overthinking it okay where, yeah, yeah you're just no gonna stream a movie it's not and that chat it's not that yeah it's not that deep <laughs> I, okay. I would love anyway. if it were but yeah <laughs> so, so okay last, anyways you last, watched yeah last week um on sunday we watched alligator 2 um just we just decided like we picked that and then on fridays uh right now the last drive-in with joe bob briggs is airing and he decided to show the first alligator um (laughs) so we watched them out of order which was fun um i think because like the second one's not that great but i think the first one's like really fun i've heard good things about the yeah it's it kind of has like um like early x-files vibes ish in the sense of like the the um like dynamic of the main characters um with yeah and like i mean it's not it's not what what x-files reached but it 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 feels like um it could have influenced that in the kind of like investigating genre um so yeah Yeah. like alligator's a good time alligator too you can probably skip it um (laughs) unless you're me (laughs) right yeah (laughs) using you very loosely depends on your viewing habits right right (laughs) <laughs> amazing yeah uh yeah we watched um mark and i watched a couple movies together this week. i saw that you had logged um some of the same things so i wondered yeah, if that yeah. was like a, a co-watching type situation yeah yeah we watched a couple um much like your uh scream and chat pairings you know one better than the other mm. for sure we watched a movie called hurt um that was not good i think here's the thing is like it's got like a very and like it's a struggle to even sort of explain what this movie is about it's like a very um mumble corey kind of movie um about like a a woman and her husband who has experienced trauma um and you that's know, y'all's favorite really... kind of horror isn't it yeah right love <laughs> uh you know the monster is trauma movie <laughs> um and he's like not really able to relate to people and you know they're having struggles or whatever they have a group of friends um and they go to like some sort of halloween haunt kind of thing but then murder starts happening lots of okay. murder one of the things that makes this so hard to follow as a movie is the shot composition and it's trying to be like extremely artsy Mm -hmm. um but as such like a lot of your shots are like the middle of someone's face the top of trees like you know like just little pieces like very tight framing on things that make it so that you never get like a full picture 
kind of, of what's going on. Kind That's I like it. Keo said that as yeah. he like walked in and saw part of it. It's like got like Skinnamarink vibes or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um, but like a bright daytime Skinnamarink. Okay. Know? Yeah. And. Uh, you know, like even like the opening shot of this movie is like literally like it has to be like at least a minute, maybe more. It feels forever, but there's just a song playing and it's just literally just the top of trees blowing, mm-hmm. cropped weirdly. Mm-hmm. You know, so. You're honestly making me want to watch it, though. <laughs> like, I mean, there's something about like. Yeah, it's trying to do something. I just deeply hated what it was yeah. doing. Um and I don't. I think that it could have, in more capable hands, maybe been interesting. Yeah. And there's That's like a so lot frustrating. Of, yeah, right. Like there's a lot of you know violence and kind of gore and stuff like that. But again, sort of composed in a way that it's hard to tell what's going on. Yeah, yeah. Um, That's frustrating. Yeah. So it was just it was a pain to try to watch that way. So I don't necessarily recommend Hurt. I think maybe you could probably watch 15, 20 minutes of it and be like, okay, yeah, I get what it's doing here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But we also watched The Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue. Have you ever seen that one? No. This is, so, you know, there was a period where, like, obviously there were a lot of kind of Night of the Living Dead ripoffs, right? Like movies trying to capitalize on on that um and this is absolutely one of them a british movie well not a british movie we're talking about like you know your genuine like italian movie dubbed over you know all that kind of stuff not quite Mm -hmm. giallo in its execution but you know got that that vibe to it you know an international cast of actors all their voices dubbed Dubbed. comes to some very interesting accent work throughout this movie um when did it come out Oh, gosh, I want to say it's like 1979 or something like that. Yeah, it's an old one, which Mm -hmm. I I thought during it, I was like, you love like a 70s movie. This, you know, (laughs) probably appeal in that way. Um, But it's a very like interesting take on zombies that like, you know, it's got this sort of um, environmental message in it and everything where it's like they're doing something to like try to make the crops grow better or to kill off a pest or something like that and what it ends up doing is raising the dead and you get these mm. zombies that mm-hmm. like are slow but strong um okay. and they're kind of cunning in some ways so they can plan and I, work together i love a smart zombie movie yeah, yeah it was like it's really interesting to watch the way they'll suddenly like kind of hive mind uh-huh. and come together and like execute oh, something you know that's like, so scary too yeah right like it's it's very scary to watch some kind of do those kinds of things and you know of course very gory, um, you know, good practical effects in this. You're obviously not going to see an ounce of CG in this movie or anything like that. So just all, you know, people ripping people open and eating livers and things yeah. like that. And um, yeah, The Living Dead at the Manchester Morgue is like just a really good time. You know? I was expecting like, I don't know what I was expecting, but it was I'm not a zombie movie person. And yeah. I was like, this is... This is really fun and really cool. inventive. So Yeah, I'm definitely gonna fun. jump on that. For yeah, sure. I think you'd really like that one. Awesome. Yeah. What else was on your list this week? Um, we watched a couple Lynch movies. Um oh, okay. we we rented Inland Empire and Wild at Heart. 
Um, Wild at Heart had been on my list for a little bit. And Inland Empire, I didn't know anything about it. The The thing with Inland Empire that is so... So it's three hours long, first of all. Ooh, that's a lot of movies. And it's filmed <laughs> on... Um, Forgive me for not like remembering all of the nitty gritty details, but it's sure. filmed on a handheld like digital camera. Okay. Um, I think it was early two thousand. I mean, that would make sense mark. for that kind of technology. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and so in the beginning, it looks really bad. Um, which is like it was like surprising to me, and at first, you know, we were kind of like, "Is he like?" Is, is he, is he just like something? pulling pulling everyone's <laughs> leg like is he being like i can literally make anything and people are gonna say it's good like what's going on here but like as mm-hmm. the movie progresses like because I, I was also wondering like is is it is this on purpose like right does it have a a like over like a i don't know does it have like something yeah. to are do we with what's actually going on right yeah. <laughs> yeah um but as the movie went on like it's it looked better and better and better and like i don't know if it was filmed chronologically and he was mm. just like playing with this like how he was doing things like i i don't know really what the process was there um i i i, I want to look it up and read more about it but it was just so interesting to see how this movie progressed and it's like a non-linear plot so i think you would hate it um probably <laughs> i am not uh i just tried to rewatch lost highway the other day and i okay. hadn't seen it in like 20 years or whatever and i watched like 45 minutes of it i was like fuck me like, i just like yeah. i think like lynch i can go as far as i enjoy twin peaks and right. i like eraser head mm-hmm. and that's like about as far as i get on the lynch okay. stuff yeah <laughs> yeah i did by the end i did really end up enjoying it um i did enjoy like the journey it took us on um i mean laura dern is really really great in it um, I mean, yeah, and like, all of the performances are good, and I, do, I, I mean, do, he always gets incredible casts. Yeah, so you gotta give him that. I may yeah. not be having a good time, but the people are always good. Uh huh. Yeah. So, and and it, 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 I think that definitely, I like, I wouldn't call it horror, but it is definitely horror adjacent, like kind of psychological terror, maybe in like certain certain areas as it goes on. Mm. So. It's it's weird if you ever have like a random three hours and you just like want to watch something really weird. <laughs> okay, fair yeah. enough. The, um, the choice is Inland Empire. Yeah, and then Wild at Heart, which uh, is a, a bromance. Um, it, it's Nick Cage and Laura Dern, and okay. um, I really liked it. Uh, it's not horror, but. As with Lynch, there are definitely very strange yeah, things weird in it. Stuff. Yes, yeah. like a lot of people doing acting very bizarrely, and that's just not commented on at all. Right. Um, which I love. I love that. I love being yeah, like, wait, what? Is this like a dream? Like, what's going on here? Right. Like, so just yeah. accept it. It's what people are like in this universe. Yeah. So like, it's it it's got its little moments of uncanny valley in there that i really appreciated but yeah it's a lot less horror um Mm -hmm. still intense it's very much a drama um but i i i mean it had a great ending so i'm not gonna say what happened but i (laughs) i was i was very satisfied with with that whole story so i think i always like like lynch is just one of those directors that like i always want 
to like, but mm, mm-hmm. I just I don't think we're on the same wavelength. Sure, you know I think our our influences are different. Yeah, you know he really sure. likes like kind of a noir vibe, like you know mm-hmm. the the weirdness, all of that kind of stuff that like plays to me a lot of times is like stilted and mm-hmm. like you know it's kind of like what I was saying last, last week, week with the stop motion right, right. Like, not recognizing like, them of, as human yeah I'm like yeah. I don't really recognize people as like acting like people here which can be cool in some ways mm-hmm. you know I do like a bit of strangeness or whatever but uh like when I was watching um Lost Highway it's like that first you know 40 minutes of the movie or whatever is just like Bill Pullman and Patricia Arquette like saying very clipped sentences mm. to each other you know yeah. and like it all feels so unnatural that mm-hmm. i kind of was like i don't really know what's like happening yeah here yeah. you know something um, i i really appreciate uh, i mean i i i just like admire i guess that even when i don't like his stuff it's because he had a vision and he yeah. stuck to it and he wasn't right. like he's not uh catering to the whims of like studio execs and right. you know like fans and everything like he has a vision and he does it and so like even when yeah. I don't like it I I respect that <laughs> yeah you know? I think that's why I even like bother trying right, right. like you know because there's some directors that I'm like like either I just like hate their work mm-hmm. or like or I could take it or leave it like you know like Ari Aster right sure. like you know I loved Midsummer. I hated Hereditary and with Bo is Afraid I was like eh I don't think I'm going to like it and I can pass and I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. Yeah. Where I think like with David Lynch, it's like, yeah, I kind of respect what he's he's done Mm -hmm. and like his commitment to his vision and everything to an extent that makes me like it's probably a similar reason that I always try to do Cronenberg too, right? Yeah. (laughs) Like that, like, I don't really like it, but like. You know, he's doing something Mm -hmm. and not letting anyone really screw with that. Right. And and I do appreciate that, even if I don't enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's kind of how I feel about like Rob Zombie, too. Like, I don't really (laughs) like his movies, but... I like his uh, dedication to the, his passion for everything. Like, Like, I love that. He's just going to keep doing it. Yeah, I love that. Like, go for it, dude. Right. Yeah, exactly. Knowing that, like... Most of the time, they're not going to, like, make, like, a grip of money or anything mm-hmm. like that, you know? He's just, yeah. like, just going to make my shit. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm less likely to watch those, but... <laughs> sure, right. <laughs> like, that's kind of a level of don't like it. That's a, mm, no, no, not yeah. for me. But, uh, yeah, I get what you mean. Um, I finally watched Becky, uh, okay. which is just one of those movies that feels like everybody is watching it, comes up, like, all the time, Um yeah, I and haven't I, seen I it yet, seen it. but I oh, saw you've that never you seen wa- it no, and and you watching it like made me think, <laughs> you, like I need to finally watch this movie, yeah, right? It's just like it's ev- it's ubiquitous. It's like somebody has always recently watched it. It's always on like Letterbox popping up for me in one way or another. Um, and Becky, I had completely. Let me just say out the gate, I completely misinterpreted what I thought this film was about. I have seen that poster a million times, right? That's like the split mm-hmm. of Kevin James on top and um, Lulu something, whatever her name is, uh, on the bottom. I had like in my brain interpreted this as like, I knew it was something like this girl's going to do something very violent or whatever. I thought it was like kind of like a buddy dad and daughter thing. Okay, and yeah. they, like they were going to go and like something happened and they were going to avenge something or whatever. 
And then, like, two minutes into the movie, you get, like, you know, uh, Kevin James on, like, a jailbreak with a swastika on the back of his head. It was like, oh. Ooh. And then uh, it turns out that um, what Joel McHale is the dad in this. I was like, boy, oh. I could not have been more wrong about this setup. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, Becky is a, it's quite a wild ride. It is a genre that I enjoy and which there are more movies than you would think would fit in this. Uh, It's what if home alone, but ultra violent, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) like multiple movies have uh, attempted to, to do this. Yeah. Um, What's that Christmas one? Um, I was going to say the, like the Australian one, but they have American accents. Yeah. Um, uh, But it's got like a vague Christmas name. Mm -hmm. Better watch out. I was going to say better watch out. I yeah, think I think it's it. better watch out. Yeah. You know, you have all of the like, you know, what if Kevin's things like, you know, the paint cans and stuff actually happened, right. how violent that would actually be. Or um, the one with Hopper in it. Uh, oh. The uh, great one, the Santa Claus. Violent Night? From this. Violent Night. Yeah. Another one where it's like, you know, what if the nail trick was real and stuff like that? Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's funny when you get like oh god this would be like so heinous right uh, and becky does that you know you've got the awesome. story basically of this girl who her mother has died um her father is about to remarry and she doesn't like this and uh they're sort of on vacation uh she sort of runs to her tree house or whatever while everyone else is inside and everyone inside is taken hostage and she is left to kind of fend for herself and try to see if she can like save her family uh, while these okay. people are attacking Rad. Um, and yeah it's more violent than you could ever <laughs> expect from a movie about like a 14 year old girl awesome um, incredible incredible practical gore in okay. this um, writing this down <laughs> yeah like I think you'll have a very good time with this movie um I was yeah pleasantly I mean, I knew people liked this movie, but I think, yeah, like I said, I interpreted it completely wrong. So when I watched it, I was like, oh, this Mm. is this is a lot. Um, And there's actually a new one. I haven't watched it yet because you have to actually like rent it. It's not on anything um, for free. But yeah, that like a new one just came out like a month or so ago, I think. So I do plan on watching that one as well. Just probably when I get back from vacay. Yeah, I've been trying to really keep up on all of the like releases this year. So yeah. I should definitely mm-hmm. I should definitely get on that so I can watch that second one. Yeah. Unfortunately it's not in theaters, which is kind of a bummer. I would love yeah. to go see that, but it is it's like only like four ninety nine or six ninety nine or something like that to rent. So cool. it's not one of those ones where it's like spend twenty seven dollars right. to watch this movie in your one home. time. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Becky, I recommend, and I'm looking forward to checking out the second one. Cool, cool, cool. Anything Um, else that you watched? Yeah, we watched The Burbs in preparation for uh, Dead and Lovely. They're talking about the... Or maybe they recorded that. Yeah, they recorded that already. It's coming out. Ah, okay. But yeah, we we watched The Burbs. Great, great movie. Never seen that. This blows my mind. Yeah, it's like, again, like, I think it was the like at the top of my Netflix queue for uh-huh. like literally years. So every time I turned on Netflix, it was like the burbs. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 I should watch that. And I've never watched it. It is so fun. Like just the critique of like suburban white suburban America. Right. Is, and like everyone in it is acting their ass off. It's, nice. it's so funny. Like 
I I think everybody should watch that movie. I think I mean it's not like really horror. It has right. like horror elements in it though. Um mm-hmm. so it's like like a fun like spooky movie that isn't like too intense for like casual yeah. enjoyers. Um But yeah, it's it's so great. Like Tom Hanks. I wish we still had crazy Tom Hanks. Yes. Now we have boring Tom Hanks and like yep. I mean, whatever, like, good for him making, yeah, old, like, what are you gonna dad do? movies like, and stuff. He's, yeah. like, ancient now, but, um, <laughs> but I do miss Crazy Tom Hanks because yeah. he, he, like, pulls that off so well. Like, it's yeah. such a delight. Like, the Tom Hanks of childhood was just, yeah, and, like, all, like, all of my favorite things when I was a kid, and it was just, yeah, he was just, like, mm-hmm. mad shit all the time, yep. you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, that was like he was always a lot of fun to watch and things. It's mm-hmm. like I think now you kind of think of him almost as like serious actor Tom Hanks more than yeah. anything. It's like, yeah. no, but look back, this guy was unhinged. He was comedic and yeah, yeah over the top and everything. Yeah. Beautiful. You also watched Parents this week, didn't you? I did, yes. Um so I feel like that's kind of like cousins, but in a very different way. Yeah, we we were kind of like trying to find other like adjacent uh, movies um so that was that was one that we picked and god like i can't believe that i haven't heard more people talk about it yeah right like, it's such an under the radar movie and it's yeah, insane it's really really good um very creepy yeah um very like just unsettling and yeah. and but funny too like right yeah, you felt uh, like it's Randy Quaid, right? In mm-hmm. that, and yeah, I can't remember who else I is in that. I don't movie. remember either. But oh but my it, god, and he's it's directed really good by in it. Bob Balaban from like the Christopher Guest movies. <laughs> like it's okay. such a strange. Yeah. Like I never would have guessed that. Like oh yeah, he was gonna make something that's like super weird and creepy and mm-hmm. violent and you know it kind of fun. like gave me vibes of. Um, a more intense like eerie indiana yeah or something like that yes, like some absolutely. of those like older um like kids shows that are like kind of like kids twilight zones types yes. of things like that's kind of what the vibes that it gave me so yeah that's 100 percent what it is it's perfect yeah. yeah i recommend parents i i watched that one like two years ago or whatever and was like how did i not know yeah yeah <laughs> it definitely deserves t- uh to be talked about a lot more i think yeah a place in the pantheon. Mm-hmm. Um, I also the only other things I watched were like rewatches. Okay. Um, this week I watched uh, the Shallows, um, which you know I love a ocean movie, a shark movie. Mm-hmm. I love Blake Lively with like every ounce of my soul, um, and she's just so good in that. Like okay. <laughs> she's just an absolute delight to watch in that. I think she pulls off that character so well. Of like kind of like. She's not a clueless white girl, you know, she has mm-hmm. some hackles about her. She tries to learn some Spanish and be able to get around and all that kind of stuff. And that she's like really badass when it comes to trying to like save herself in this movie. Okay. Um, but also like also having that like kind of bubbly ditzy personality as well. And I think she really like captures like Southern California surfer girl in this movie in a way that feels like a person I know. Uh-huh. You know? OK. Um, yeah, I've never seen Have that you one. seen it before? No. Oh. It's great. I mean, it's just like 90 minutes of. Uh, shark mayhem. Yeah, like and a perfect people... summer evening type of movie. Yes. Yeah. Precisely that. It was like, yeah, I was just like craving that summer horror movie and The Shallows absolutely does that. 
Um, and then I rewatched Ghostbusters Answer the Call because someone had tweeted about it and I was like, God, I love that movie so much. Yeah. Um, and so I just felt like I was like, I gotta, I gotta rewatch that. I will mm-hmm. never understand. Like, listen, I can understand being neutral on it or whatever, but I like will never understand how <laughs> people who like the original mm-hmm. can hate that so much outside of like obviously like the MRA people you know but yeah. I'm like if you like the first one I don't understand what the disconnect is here yeah. uh, between like these movies uh, they feel I mean I think the weakest part of this is obviously the ways they try to like bring the like Bill Murray into it sure and stuff kind like of shoehorning them in right yeah, yeah. And, like it could definitely do without that um, but it's just like so much fun. And I yeah. have showed this movie to so many people. Like, you know, when people come over to my house, like if I have visitors in town and stuff, be like, you want to watch Ghostbusters and some call? I'm like, oh, I've never seen it. And everyone I've ever showed it to has been like, this was so much fun. I'm like, yeah. I know. I, I wonder <laughs> if your enthusiasm also like contributes to them having a good time, sure. though. Yeah. Like that could you be, know. you know, I mean, I mean I'm not saying that it's that not a fun movie, but yeah. But like that you know, does, the thing yeah. where you're like really enthusiastic, and then the other person is just like not on your level, mm-hmm. yeah. and then you just kind of like s- quietly like sink down into your this spot. This is funny, like, right? Yeah, I thought this was funny. Uh-huh. Um, you just look, look. Did you did you see? Do you want to go back? Did you miss <laughs> like, it? Yeah. I, did you miss that part? Yeah. It was really funny. <laughs> Ugh, worst yeah. feeling in the world. It is. um but yeah you know maybe enthusiasm contributes to it but i just feel like i'm like listen obviously movies are subjective or whatever Mm -hmm. we all love and hate different things but i think like the degree to which people just like agreed this was a bad movie feels misplaced well i i feel (laughs) like the majority of people don't like it for the entirely wrong reason like they're just misogynists yeah exactly Um, like, I have heard, like, other critiques from people that are like, no, like, I think it's great that they're women. I just have, like, issues with some of the right. plot, like, not being super tight or whatever. Yeah. But um, neither is the first one. That's what bugs yeah. me is that I'm like, watch the first yeah. one. The first one's boring. I've, it's yeah. misogynistic. It's like, it doesn't really come together. But, like, you know, you have good feelings about it. You sure. like Bill Murray. You like the cast or whatever. Like. It's not really a good movie. It's just that it was like we all saw it at the right time for it to like hit us, you know? Yeah. Um, That's what's like, to me, I'm always like, I think I've never heard anyone like critique the new one in a way that I go, but like, that's the first one too. Like, you know, like where I'm like, it just feels like you can't just be like, oh, this one's bad because these things when it's like, that's all the same things that's (laughs) with the first one. Like, yeah. I just want some consistency on right. this. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills whenever people <laughs> say that. Like, what? Like, I get it. Not mm-hmm. everyone likes the same things, but like, also, <laughs> it's not a perfect movie. Yeah. There's that first one is not a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination. I usually like, every time I turn it on now, I usually just basically like fast forward through like the first sure. like hour of it and then like watch when shit hits the fan. And yeah. Then it's I kind of feel like, I had more fun with the second one. Yeah, um, I, I love Ghostbusters, too. I always yeah, thought that was better than the first one. Yeah, and I I do like the first one, but I think that my memories of it are fonder than the actual practice of watching it. Like, I feel like there <laughs> right. are definitely, like, a lot of chunks in there where I'm just kind of bored. 
Um, but but once but I don't want to like I do really like certain parts of it. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I mean, see where you're a, coming from, but right, like that's what I'm saying yeah. is it's like yeah, there's parts of Ghostbusters that I really like. Mm-hmm. There's also a lot of it that's like really boring. Yeah, <laughs> like isn't that interesting and like kind of falls apart or like is misogynistic or things like that. Right, right. And I'm like I feel like people give it like so much leeway grace but that's a good movie sure yeah where like this one i'm like yeah it has flaws or whatever you know but like i mean what ultimately matters is if are you are you having a good time watching it then it it is doing what it is meant to do entertain so (laughs) yeah continue enjoying enjoying ghostbusters answer the call (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's my that's my soapbox on it because i just always get like every time people like just dismiss it out of hand i'm just like i just don't understand why yeah. like, you're doing that like, it's just <laughs> it's a fun time yeah <laughs> yeah just have fun enjoy yourself yes also i love the, i think i've i think i was talking to you about this at one point but i love the ghost design in yeah um, answer the call like <laughs> super super love it especially the the floats in the parade but like mm-hmm. the ghost design i think is like oh, just really good brilliant yeah. yeah. Um yeah, that's all I watched. Anything else? Um on your- last thing I watched Resurrection. Oh, um, that's right. Yes, yes. I wanted to talk about this because you guys spoke so highly of it a, a few months ago. Mm-hmm. Um and uh Rebecca Hall obviously is incredible. Yes. Um like I knew that I liked her because I saw the Night House a couple years ago and so good. loved it. Yeah. Um, and I thought she was amazing in it. Um, and yeah, Resurrection, I think maybe it's at least in my top three of last year. Nice. Like I, yeah. it was so good. Yeah. Yeah. It was it's like a, just the the psychological like trip that you go on with her like is just so like gripping I guess right yeah like I was just like glued the whole time like I and and the few times where I I, like had a moment where I like just instinctively pulled my phone out (laughs) like after a few seconds I'd be like wait what the fuck am I doing and I'd put it away and I like rewind like 30 seconds because I'm like I need to know what's going on right um it's it was such a good time I mean like Resurrection's a a hid trip of a movie yeah yeah it's it's very intense but um I thought it was excellent yeah, I big recommend that one. Yeah. I mean, it is one of those, like, I think Mark said when we talked about it, when he watched it, um, he was like, it seems like on paper a movie that I would hate, like, stressed mm. out white woman kind of situations. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of, like, just crank to 11, like, a lot of trauma right. um, in this. And, you know, but it really kind of balances it really well with a lot of, like, very unsettling. Mm-hmm. Um, like, you just kind of, you get inside of, like, the head of Rebecca yeah. Hall's character um, in this, where she is somewhat of an unreliable narrator, but at the same time, you're very, I don't know, connected to her psyche as she yes. experiences all of these horrors happening to her. Um, yeah. And I, I really do feel like her performance is such a big part of why it works. Yes. Oh, um, not to say that there's no one else who could have pulled it off, <laughs> but I think that, like, she just... Like, I already, I, I I like her. Like, I just like her, yes. you know? And so I want 
good for her and Mm -hmm. so i'm intrigued when things aren't going well because i'm interested in her because she just has that like draw for me at least i don't know Mm -hmm. like i just she's very charismatic in my opinion like and i think she's a great actress it's almost like i feel like i have almost an opposite reaction like i like her uh because she's so good Mm -hmm. right but like one of the things i think she does so well is that like i don't necessarily like her characters oh absolutely yeah 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 no (laughs) <laughs> yeah, you're, they're annoying or they're petty or they're, you know, uh, just, I don't know, for any number of reasons, they're very in- unlikable. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and she she plays that in such a way that you are still compelled to watch, right. even though you're like, oh, jeez, fuck this broad. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like any other, not any other, but like a lot of other people could get that same script and I would just be like, I don't care about you yeah, i don't i, I don't, hate this person yeah you're annoying yeah. the shit out of me or whatever but like yeah. for some reason she just she does it so well in a way that doesn't make me just like want to turn it off yeah exactly yeah <laughs> so definitely resurrection is on the list mm-hmm. of uh joag approved all three joag <laughs> hosts give yeah. the resurrection seal of approval <laughs> absolutely well then anna We shall turn to our topic at hand this week. Shoot the shit a little bit about um, something that uh, I I think we're both sort of curious about, but coming at Mm -hmm. from very different angles, which Mm -hmm. is always a fun thing for me because this podcast, amongst other things, is about cultural exchange. Um, And this week, we wanted to talk a little bit about the creepypasta. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Now, I kind of, when uh, you brought this up um, mm-hmm. as like a potential thing to talk about, I was really fascinated by this as a concept because I obviously, you know, I kind of looked at this as like with me and Mark, it's a, a, a you know, transatlantic cultural exchange. Mm-hmm. Ours is an age gap cultural exchange. Yes. And one of the things I think is interesting about the creepypasta is that um certainly you know in my early years on the internet and stuff like that like the 90s or whatever there were things kind of equivalent Mm -hmm. to this but certainly this wasn't what you called them um and it wasn't necessarily uh as prevalent uh as they are now for those that don't know um creepypasta is obviously playing off of the phrase copy pasta <laughs> which came from you know people basically taking things off the internet copy and pasting mm-hmm. it um mm-hmm. into email forwards onto forums things yeah. like that so that stuff sort of became ubiquitous in that way and something i learned about also was that this there used to be a thing called fax lore where they would mm, basically mm-hmm. do the same exact thing but yes. with fax machines yes and they would like pass it along and like the quality would degrade each time and then sometimes people would like edit things like yeah my friends and I used to like try to start those and things like that Mm -hmm. when I was like a kid we would sit and like you know then like fax them out to things we'd try like random numbers or like friends fax machines and stuff like that to be like oh we want the because obviously like all of this stuff, once email became a thing, just like how, you know, when any new technology forms, you get porn on it, right? Like, right. you know, things like that. Whenever you have some way, a new way of communication, one of the things you get is chain letters. Yep. Um, and that was another thing when I was a kid we would get would like, you know, you would get a chain letter in the mail and you were mm-hmm. supposed to send it to X amount of people or whatever. Or <laughs> you'd have bad luck and things mm-hmm. like that. So we'd be hastily mailing them to everyone oh. that we knew you know <laughs> like yeah. oh no i don't want bad luck 
Um, and also, like, when I was growing up, obviously, I think everybody, hopefully kids still do this. I don't know. I don't have children. But, like, you know, it's the gathering around at a slumber party and mm-hmm. telling urban scary legends. stories and urban yeah. legends and things like that, that creepypasta kind of comes out of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the origin, as far as we know, some people try to trace it back to, like, the 90s. Um, there's not really any actual evidence that mm-hmm. it was around in the 90s. Um, but it's, like, the early 2000s when yeah. creepypasta like actually became a thing with um, the first like thing that is acknowledged as a creepypasta was an Angel Fire website called mm-hmm. Ted the Caver, um, mm-hmm. which I love because I had an Angel Fire website. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was called Corrigan the Great. Okay, uh, cool. <laughs> I started in 1997, That's I awesome. think. Um, and it had like I was a Hanson. <laughs> See, <laughs> this is... Issue. It had like a whole Hanson section on it and it played like a little meaty file of um, Where's the Love by Hanson okay. on it. Um, it was, yeah, it was pretty cool. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> and so I love this. This was, I actually, have you looked at this story, um, this website? The um, Ted the Caver one? I, I, I only briefly like skimmed it. So I have like a vague idea of the story, but that wasn't really one of the ones that, that, yeah, like, I gravitated obviously, to like you said, you were very young at the time <laughs> that this came out. And yeah. like, I, I hadn't heard of this. I, I just looked at it. And one thing I love is that Angel Fire still exists. So you can, all those old websites are still there. Um, primary and like, sources. Primary sources. That's awesome. It's a lot to read, though. I tried to yeah. read it earlier and my ADHD said no. Um, but basically, <laughs> this Ted the Caver story was presented as if it were real and and is this guy writing the story of he and his friend going into this cave, a real cave that does exist, um, and finding, like, a chamber inside of it, basically. They open up this hole to crawl through it, and they find a chamber that has, like, these symbols and things like Mm. that in it. Um, And as they continue going through, weirder shit starts happening. You know, someone goes in, they come out with all sorts of mysterious scratches and stuff like that, um, and ends eventually on this website, with uh, the final blog having to do with him and his friend determining to go back, uh, but taking, like, a knife and a gun with them. And then the blog ends. So you never find out what happened to these people. That (laughs) shit. And that is, like, really... I mean, later on, I found something that actually someone did track down the actual guy. And he basically was, like... He was, like, the story basically, like, I was... I had a caving journal uh-huh. and like most of the text in there is from my actual caving journal. But then any part of it that's like supernatural, I just mm-hmm. made up and like put on this because I thought it'd be a fun story. That's so um, cool. Yeah. And he had no idea he was about to start a phenomenon mm-hmm. as a result. But that's like the important thing about like yeah. uh, uh, um, pasta, right? Is like the idea of like there has to be like a degree of plausibility, even mm-hmm. though we at this point they're so ubiquitous. We all know they're not true. Right. Um, but like, you know, a kind kind of sense that like (laughs) yeah like but maybe it is could this happen to me i don't know yeah yeah (laughs) right like you have to have this kind of sense of like i mean maybe maybe that is real and like often the like cliffhanger or like kind of leaving like a place like that where you're like ambiguous about what Mm -hmm. happens is a huge part of them too that's so interesting oh oh, well it's just interesting that um 
that like they were able to trace who did it because a lot of right. the early ones like no yeah, nobody's attributed no, no. to the stories like it, it it isn't really until recently where like actual authors right, have like yeah. taken ownership of their online short horror stories right it's like a huge yeah. shift from yeah the beginning of this and and with that basically it was like a thing where the actual Ted of the Ted the Caver story, you know, the, it got big enough or whatever that, like, someone who knew him gotcha. <laughs> came to him and was like, I think your, like, cave blog is, like, making the rounds on the internet. Mm. And that was how, you know, it came to the point where he was like, oh, huh. Yeah, <laughs> and ended really up cool. sort of talking about it. And, and it was also, like, someone had claimed that, like, basically he plagiarized the oh, story okay. from, like, something else. And he was like, I need to clear my name here. Yeah. Like, this is literally my caving journal. I yeah. just added, like, some, you know, embellishments to it to make it scary. But, like, I didn't copy it from anyone or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he was like, that's the only reason that I'm talking about it. Sure. Um, But so, like, like I said, like, I kind of came into this at the point, like, really from everything that I've read about this, like creepypastas really hit more like in the late 2000s, mm-hmm. um, which is a point at which like I'm married and I'm like, you know, doing uh, working and doing all these kinds of things. And I'm not really like I was when I was a teenager, like sitting on the Internet and yeah. like, reading shit. You know, I'm like, I have to do other things, I guess. I right. leave the house a little bit more. <laughs> and, I, and so I kind yeah. of missed that. Right. Like, phase right yeah. whereas you were I was just discovering the it. internet like yeah be- I mean and that was just because like I wasn't super allowed to be online as sure. much when I was younger um otherwise I-, I may have like a little bit earlier but like yeah in in h- high school and like early college um is when I started like well at least when I remember Mm-hmm. getting into um creepy pastas and i actually i would search creepy pasta on pinterest because there were a ton of just like like really short ones that really um, on pinterest yep. mm-hmm. um Amazing. yeah so i read like a ton of creepy pasta on on pinterest because that was like a site i was allowed to have uh-huh. um it like for me it was kind of because I was always interested in spooky shit, but mm-hmm. like I like wasn't really allowed to watch a lot of horror movies and things like that. So it really scratched that itch for me that I had of like getting a scare um, yeah. in like a way that was like accessible to me that my parents weren't really monitoring. Right. Um, <laughs> Nobody so. thinks, oh, better get her off the Pinterest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, and that sparked like an interest after a while, you know, I started kind of exploring like outside of that and getting more into um, like some of the like actual sites where they were being like posted and stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it was like uh, very much like a curiosity I, I had and that I, I would get very caught up in and I mean, and they did scare the shit out of me sometimes. Yeah. Like, I would be home alone and being like, you know, I think maybe I'm going to, like, go to the library or something so that I'm not, like, sitting in an empty yeah. house with, like, you know, I just read a, a story about, you know, some f- false person up at the top of the stairs and here I am sitting downstairs <laughs> like, oh, my God, I got to get out of here. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, like, that's one of the things that's so effective, I think, about a lot of these is that they do play to, like, kind of 
the very normal weird things that you might see out of the corner of your eye mm-hmm. or like an extension of your day-to-day life that makes it again more like could this happen to me like yeah. imagine like it makes it so that when you read one suddenly the mundane things around you look sinister mm-hmm. you know they turn into you know shapes and forms and things that yeah. might be you know malevolent anything <laughs> that... could be around the corner anything yeah, could be yeah, yeah, in the yeah. shadow and you know yeah so yeah Ugh. I, I I I just ate them up <laughs> yeah yeah I like I know that I have even to this day like not too long ago this is one of those ones like I'm saying where like I honestly to this day I'm not sure whether this is a creepy pasta or a true story mm-hmm. um that like just like a year or two ago I read one about like someone who um drove into a town that um had like you know a McDonald's and a Taco Bell and like all these kinds of things um but, like, they went to, like, the McDonald's to get something, um, and, like, the person working there, like, um, it was, like, the person working there, like, said they were closed or something like that, and mm-hmm. so then they went to the Taco Bell, and it was the same person, and they gave them, like, so they ordered something, but then the, like, order that they got was, like, like just a generic thing that they'd shoved in a bag, and it wasn't really Taco Bell food, oh. and then they like were trying to find a place to stay, uh-huh. and like it had this whole thing where it was like this bizarre town, and like the Did- people were all like, you know, they're like, what's like? There seemed to be like a few people around doing various things. They were being watched and stuff, and like people in response claimed that this was some sort of like military outpost, okay. right? Like, they, oh, well, they have towns like this. Like, it's like, you did know. they go to Nightvale or something? Right, like, like it straight up felt like nightmare yeah. in it, but it's so plausible because nothing like totally supernatural happened mm-hmm. in this story. It was just like they went to a town that didn't seem like they were supposed to be there. Yeah, and you people know, acted weird. People acted weird, but didn't tell them to leave. Uh huh. <laughs> and they just like spent the night there or whatever and left with like this weird eerie thing behind them you know wow yeah um and yeah i have like i loved mm-hmm. reading it yeah and i was like i don't i have no idea if this is made up or if this is like a real thing people in the comments like i said like claimed like oh yeah these like military outposts exist out there they're like you know for trainings and stuff like mm-hmm. that you know like why wouldn't it have a gate or something yeah you know? like yeah but it adds to this plausibility to it like people mm-hmm. playing into the like the fiction of it and yeah yeah. yeah, the ones that, like, like that. don't have any supernatural um, elements at all uh, have always been the scariest to me mm-hmm. as well. I remember specifically one that, like, to this day scares me to think about this situation. Um, it was, like, a bunch of teens planning a party at, like, you know, one of an abandoned location that they're all not mm-hmm. allowed to go to and yada yada. And, like... Um, at like the character main character lost her cell phone and then was getting texts from her boyfriend like hey I have your phone come meet me at blah 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 and and then it turned out that the the person that had her phone wasn't her boyfriend and like tricked her into like going out in the middle of nowhere like for you know um and so like that kind of thing like it's once again it's probably not true but right like, it could have it could be like someone could absolutely pretend to be someone else yeah. through texting like and this is in the era where it's like they didn't have camera phones like right you know yeah. or if they did it was like shitty like yeah. you know so <laughs> it's you're it's it was a lot easier to get away 
with some of yeah. that stuff. And it's, it, that plays so much into exactly what urban legends do, right? Where it's yeah. like they're at their core cautionary tales. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at a time at which, you know, like you said, like cell phone technology is ubiquitous, but it's not great. Mm-hmm. Um, and we like, you know, it's the era of the Internet where there's the constant like, oh, you're not talking to the person you think you are. Mm-hmm. You know, it's some guy in his mom's basement or whatever. You know, someone's trying to kidnap you, all that kind of stuff. This like fear of technology um, that like we all use and love, but knowing that potentially we could be, you know, inviting trouble by using those, mm-hmm. you know, that like. The I think that's the thing. The best creepypasta speaks to some sort of anxiety that we actually right. have. Like, I yeah. love a ghost story or things like that. But if you want to scare me, what's like a thing in society that we're like genuinely worried about? Exactly. Like, someone tricking me with my phone. Right. You know? Me being kidnapped? Terrifying. Yeah. yeah. Like, and I love too because idea. like that's always like, I mean, the, the issue we run into so much now is how are we going to address the cell phones, mm-hmm. you know, but like being right. able to incorporate that technology yeah. into the story and using it in a way that makes sense and is scary yeah. is so fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because yeah. I think like that is the trick, right? And it's something that, yeah, most films and books and things like that really struggle with but like yeah in any situation at this point 2023 there are very few places you're going to be where you don't have use of a cell phone but you know that's the thing about technology is that it can be yeah it can be scary it can be Mm -hmm. terrifying if if deployed in the correct way it's not just about like calling the police or whatever you know like there's so many other things about your phone your ipad the fact that like we are so attached to all of this stuff all the time that we are interconnected Mm -hmm. if someone fucks with that like you know you're kind of sol and so there is like a lot more room to use that that i think you know that was one of the things that as i was reading about this like they're saying like a lot of creepypastas do have to do with technology Mm -hmm. you know a lot of them have to do with like you know back in the day iming you know (laughs) using Mm -hmm. your aim um yeah have to do with using your phone things like that cursed cursed games and things like like video games. games yeah absolutely yeah and the idea that you're you know you're reading the a story about bad things that can happen on the very thing that you're reading it on. Yeah. And so it's like you're surrounded on all sides because you don't know what's behind you. And mm-hmm. the thing that's scaring you is right there in your hand. And you're right. just like, ah, like it's, I love, I love, yeah. Yeah. They're it's a very so genuine great. kind of scare. You yeah. Know? <laughs> like one that's very hard to get in other places. And it really, like I said, it goes back to, to me to like, I loved that feeling of like having a slumber party mm-hmm. and all of us sitting there and telling ghost stories and things yeah. like that, you know, or telling your your urban legends and stuff like that. And like genuinely, you know, the hair on the back of your neck standing up as you, you know, heard these these tales and everything. And it's like, it's a very pure form of fear when you're right. having a story told to you like that that I think the creepypasta emulates that. Mm-hmm. Because it's also, you know, for the most part, these things are like first person or, you right. know, or I knew someone who, you know, <laughs> like, so it yeah. is it that feels same feeling of very, someone telling you. Yeah. And like, like a community of like, you feel connected in that way, because it's a very personal, like, firsthand 
allegedly account right. of something yeah. and so like you get the not just like what happened but also their reactions to yes. what's happening which can be really scary too yeah absolutely. so yeah i read one earlier um that again is like considered like one of the early and like best creepypastas and i can't think of what it's called at the moment but it was presented as um forum posts mm-hmm. and so you're getting these people talking back and forth in a forum to each other and you know the first person asks does anyone remember this kid's show and like kind of vaguely describes this kid's show and then someone's mm-hmm. like yes i do remember that it had like pirates in it right and as this goes on it like then turns into like they've all had sort of a convergent nightmare like oh. Oh, i remember like i had this nightmare about this you know happened like where there was this one episode or, or like where there's this girl um, and she is like just screaming and ske- screaming and screaming throughout the episode or whatever. And then someone else is like, no, that wasn't a dream. That was an actual episode. And then so it's like, yeah, I remember that episode, too. And then the last thing is one of them saying, um, like, this is really weird because my mom, like, uh, you know, she I asked her about this show and she said I used to she's like, oh, yeah. You used to always say you were going to go watch this show and you had such an imagination. You would then go and sit in front of the static on the TV for 30 minutes. Oh, (laughs) I love that. Like, oh, that's so good. Awesome. (laughs) It's such a like, yeah. Like, and that's the thing too about a lot of creepypastas is that the zinger is right at the end. Yeah, right, like, exactly. And then it just yeah. leaves you being like, oh, what? Now I just have <laughs> to sit fuck? here, like, contemplating this? <laughs> what do I do with this information? Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, great. That's it. You that's don't great. get a novel out of this. You that, know? too, because it feels very, like, Mandela effect. Right, like, yeah. You know? Like, what if that's why we all imagine the Berenstain Bears instead R- of yeah. Berenstain? Like, it's yeah. some sort of group hallucination that we all Mm -hmm. had and it's not just that we all couldn't read cursive right (laughs) yeah (laughs) and obviously when it comes to the creepypasta like it hit mainstream Mm -hmm. popularity or saturation really with the slender man um and I think I, I've mentioned this before, mm-hmm. uh, like I think when we were talking about Insidious or something, I, I was saying that like, you know, there's like certain horror imagery that just really works for me. And I think the like idea of like stretched out proportions of a human is kind of like universally yeah. one of those things that like we all we've all had that nightmare, right? Yeah. Like a formless, featureless person standing in our doorway mm-hmm. with two long limbs and things like that, you know? So Slenderman really like kind of, hit because i think it was nightmare imagery that people related to right and like it's i feel like it is become harder to create very recognizable iconic new Mm -hmm. monsters like it because it kind of feels like everything's been done and i know that this is you know 20 20 years but still like this side of 2000 like right. for a for a monster design it's yeah. really fucking iconic and scary <laughs> it is yeah yeah 100 yeah i think you're right like you know there was one of um gosh i can't remember what this character is called but someone had brought up you know that one that has like kind of like the it's like someone the murderer or serial killer or whatever 
Jeff oh, the serial killer. J- Jeff like, the killer. Yeah. Jeff the killer. Yeah. Cut off his big, eyelids. Yeah. The big eyes. There's no eyelids mm-hmm. and the big red mouth and the, you know, bared teeth and all that stuff. Um, yeah. And it's like, you know, at the time it was like, oh, my God, like this is terrifying. And it's like now 10, 15 years out or whatever. You're like, that's bad mm-hmm. Photoshop. Right. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah. <laughs> like it's so hard to pull that off to in a way that doesn't immediately just send your that's fake. Yeah. Tackles up. Yeah. (laughs) Where, you know, Slender Man, I think, is one of few, like, kind of very effective, put him in the background of a photo, Mm -hmm. shadowy form or whatever. Like, what the fuck is that? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And, like, the games, too, like, or I don't, I think there's more than one, um, like, that I know for a lot of people really, like, took it to the next level, too, because it's interactive. mm -hmm. And um, I, I have played played it and i got kind of bored but explain here for you know what is oh the yeah Slender so Man there game. yeah so basically there's a like a i don't know what platforms it's all on but um you play as a character searching for pages from i think a diary um mm-hmm. and so the like the the goal is to collect all of the lost pages and but as you are going through um, this world, uh, at any point, Slenderman may come and get you. And it's basically <laughs> like, I mean, it's like, that's, that's the end of the game if you're caught. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, fair enough. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I got, I got kind of bored playing it. I don't know if it was just like not the right time. Like maybe if I did now, I'd be more interested, but, um, it, that point of when Slenderman is, because there's like a visual and audio like cue that he may be around and if you're wearing headphones and if you're by yourself and you're in the dark like yeah that can be very unsettling yeah (laughs) so definitely and of course like what followed from that was like you know a, a spate of sort of real life incidents of people um sort of taking Slenderman lore and applying it to real mm-hmm. life in various ways. Um, the most famous of which, of course, was the, I guess, attempted murder, did yeah. you say, of a yeah. young girl by two of her, her classmates. Mm-hmm. Yes, this took place uh, about 40 minutes from where I used to live in Wisconsin. Um, it was in Waukesha, Wisconsin. And so, yeah, it was, it was very, because you always hear of things happening like that somewhere else so it was very weird to be so close in proximity to something like that happening yeah and like that was nationwide yeah yeah and like i i have i mean i've been to waukesha like i after it uh, like actually not that long ago i went to the park where it happened um because i was in the area and i was like "Eh, might as well and (laughs) i would be very curious it's not gonna lie it's every like you know suburban park sure. like you know there's a walking trail there's there's a uh like a playground and pe- you know people are there there's there's very little signage like there's no there's no way you would know anything had ever happened there if you didn't like specifically like research that and go there yeah and i'm sure the town wants it that way right you're right yes and i i completely understand why um but like it it, it was strange to be there knowing that like this you know that's where this kind of stuff happens Mm -hmm. you know it's not like in the movies all the time it's like this just you know it's your local park or whatever um 
Yeah, yeah to kind the- of think of like, you know, these girls who like, if I'm remembering correctly, it was basically they were like three friends mm-hmm. that, and they lured one of the friends into the woods and then just stabbed her yeah. over and over again, mm-hmm. um, allegedly because Slenderman told them to do it or to like, how did they, I'm like trying to think of how they phrased it, but essentially they were trying to raise Slenderman awareness right. and be like, yeah. he's real and we're doing shit for Slenderman. Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, I think probably being so close to where that happened and stuff like that to be able I think that probably brings some of the weird, like, mundanity of, like, this could be me as an eighth grader or whatever, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, just yeah, the boringness. Yeah, because we all played and, at, at that yeah. park, you, right, know? you know, yeah. Um, and it's interesting because it's, like, partly, like, it's... Um, it's its own creepypasta. Like, you could see that as a creepypasta. Mm-hmm. And then, like, right. oh, kids were, you know, inspired to go do these things and they stabbed a girl or whatever. And you'd be like, ooh. Spooky. Uh, but, they, but it's real. They really actually yeah. did that. Um, which, you know, if you don't know the story very well or you just want to see how bananas the whole thing was, there is a documentary on um, HBO that goes into the girls themselves mm-hmm. and, the, and the myth and the lore and you yeah. know their reasonings for doing things um and it is really fascinating to watch sort of the inside of the minds of these young girls yes. who would do something so incredibly heinous uh, to the, someone else yeah the some of the um like interviews um after like directly after the fact basically are uh, or, uh, they're on YouTube or I, I think they mm. they should still be on YouTube. Um, and it is so unsettling to listen to how I th- I think one of them in particular was kind of the instigator. Like leader, yeah. yeah. And how she talks to the cops and everything mm. like it's just it, it, like it, it's so mind blowing how a child could be like I think that was the other draw of the story was that it was children that were exactly. like yeah you know involved um yeah. and, and it's like and how it, can that happen and of course that's the thing is like you know now we have just like did video games cause Columbine right, and all that right, kind of right. bullshit like you know the when, age old yeah you know, when kids panic. do something like this like is it is the creepypasta the problem mm-hmm. you know <laughs> like is this you know these stories are they driving kids you know there's other stories that like um kids were like reading i think it was also slender man but that they were like you know then trying to you know take their own lives mm-hmm. after reading this or whatever which i don't know if that's true or if it was just again like a creepypasta thing but it certainly became like a narrative that parents were terrified yeah. of right like yeah. <laughs> you know oh these which i think you know uh the movie that mark Grim and Kite? i liked that yeah that was like the movie we liked that everyone else hates mm-hmm. like i think that's such like a perfect example of that though because that's exactly what it was it was like parents you know, in in the course of this of Grim Cuddy, you know, the parents basically make the creepy pasta monster real. Mm-hmm. Um, that the kids don't really believe in any of this; they're just mm-hmm. scaring themselves. But by creating panic around it, um, the parents end up manifesting yeah. the actual monster in this, um, which I think you know is such a sort of accurate look mm-hmm. at like the hysteria that that amasses around stuff like this that like 
that's not what's happening when we're reading creepypastas. Most of us are just yeah. going to freak ourselves out. I, I remember sitting in church hearing, you know, my pastor talk about, like, the dangers of these characters and, like, just different, different, like, games and things that kids play that are mm-hmm. like supernatural or whatever like i mean we, we you know a lot of christians already have heard like the whole ouija board is right, satanic yeah. and don't use it and blah 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 but like even other things like the whole momo scare right yeah. and like there was some other game that kids were playing with pencils that was like kind of i feel like it was like divination but you know it's right yeah bullshit or whatever <laughs> but like hearing my pastor be like we have to be careful about these things and i'm like it's a fucking like like some dumb story somebody posted on 4chan or whatever like it's not these these things aren't causing this behavior clearly yeah it's a yeah it's an interesting like level of childlike credulity that adults are yeah like instilling into people about this stuff like you know this is stuff that we i think that's the thing is that kids reading this stuff or playing with a Ouija board or like whatever the case may be they may like talk themselves into it when they're playing but Mm -hmm. then they know it's not real you know and especially once they get older they grow out of that right you know they like like okay like this is obviously not a real thing Mm -hmm. where the church instills again it's like it's the grim cutty thing they instill Mm -hmm. the power into it they teach you to not grow out of this stuff and to like perpetually have this credulity about um evil in normal banal Mm -hmm. things it's our own superstition like you were talking about Mm -hmm. earlier like you know the just the the blind belief in Mm -hmm. these like not verifiable right like you'll find even like adults who like didn't grow up in the church and stuff like that who won't Mm -hmm. fuck with ouija boards right because they're like oh yeah but like those are especially right like that and it's like what (laughs) why would that be a thing it is from like produced by a game company (laughs) (laughs) what do you what do you think that factory looks like that they're just full of ghosts and these were invented like (laughs) you know not that long ago it's they're made up yeah, but, and I think like yeah. that always for me. Like I, I always say that I'm like I don't, I don't believe in ghosts, but like I love to go to a haunted house or something and pretend mm-hmm. I do. Like and right. like suspend disbelief for like a little bit of time to like yeah. ooh, enjoy a good scare or whatever. Um, but like I'm a grown ass woman, so <laughs> like I don't, you know, buy into these kinds of things. But like these. I think, like, this is so embodied in, like, the creepypasta concept is, like, we know they're not real and that we're trying to scare ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and it almost is, you know, it goes against that sort of societal superstition or whatever that, like, says, like, oh, we take this seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, when you do this, you go and you scab- stab your friends or whatever. You know? Yeah. <laughs> like, your whatever is full of demons. Like, really, we're reading this stuff and it's, like, a, a, it... I think in ways can inure us to that. It can make it so that we are more prepared for the fact that like mm-hmm. there's a lot of bullshit out there. Since we were young, we have been reading bullshit on the internet and yeah. enjoying it, but yeah. knowing that it's not real. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. And that like that's how we should sort of the framework we should put it through instead of taking it very seriously and mm-hmm. being like, what are the what are the yeah. implications of this? It's kind of like 
one of my favorite parts uh, and one of the only good things in creep show too is that <laughs> at that card at the end that has that quote that basically talks about like this has been happening like th- it has been happening for ages that adults will blame uh i forget the word that they specifically use uh or i think maybe like delinquency or something like that mm-hmm. on on like comic books and how they mm-hmm. were kind of relating it to like that movie like the hor- horror movies and things like that and it's like no it isn't the art that is instilling this it's actually like a lot more to do with adults not investing in these kids yeah. and you know like maybe giving them a framework for not falling into that behavior it's right, not the art exactly. like like if you watch that slender man documentary i think that and you watch that girl talk Mm-hmm. You know that she would have done something like this with or without the Slender Man. And right. she found one way to convince her friend to go along with it or whatever because mm-hmm. of some creepy pasta thing or whatever. But like it was not about that. No. This was just yeah. the particular way in which she was able to express this particular, mm-hmm. you know, facet of her personality or whatever. Right. Um, and I think that's, yeah, it's it's so much easier to just blame things on these stories than it is to be like, wait, was it maybe like something else that was going yeah. on there? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I'm fascinated by them. I now like, I kind of want to read more of them, but I'm also not really like a internet spirally person mm, anymore. Sure. So if, if folks have like a favorite creepypasta, yeah. please do send it our way because I would love like a curated batch of creepy pastas instead of having to find them for myself mm-hmm. uh, maybe i can find internet. some of those old pinterest yes. <laughs> pins <laughs> so if they're but, still saved on some yeah. old account somewhere yeah. you know like i love that as a concept <laughs> finding them on pinterest that's so funny <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> Pinterest was a gateway for many things for me <laughs> towards, towards the internet when i was Who younger knew? Uh, incredible. No wonder it's like the most popular website on the internet. There you go. Uh, so friends, uh, tell us your creepypastas. Tell us about your experiences with creepypastas. Did someone in your town stab someone because of the Slender Man? We want to know about it. Um, you know, all your information about this stuff or a favorite urban legend. All yeah. of that. Uh, we want to hear about your experiences with the creepypasta and the internet and the world of the urban legend. Yeah, and uh, until next week when I see you in beautiful Portugal, or I assume it's beautiful. I haven't been there. Mm -hmm. Okay, I haven't researched it, so (laughs) we'll see. (laughs) You'll Uh, find out. I'll find out if Portugal is beautiful. Uh, Until then, dear friends, one thing you got to do, and what is it? You guys got to stay spooky. That's the thing. (laughs) I've always wanted to do that.